Welcome to the Bariatric Nutrition Coach Podcast, where we empower you with weight loss, surgery, nutrition knowledge, mindset advice, and inspiration, so you succeed in your weight and health journey. I'm your host, Jane Stoltz, and I am a bariatric dietitian who has helped over 1,300 people on their weight loss surgery journeys. I'm also a solo mum, lover of long walks while listening to podcasts, partial to a glass of wine, and the ocean is my happy place. Join me as I dive deep into bariatric nutrition and lifestyle topics and deliver them to you in bite-sized, palatable episodes every Monday. Now let's go. So welcome everyone to this week's podcast. And this is a very exciting podcast for me because uh, for several reasons. One, I've got a wonderful guest with me and her name is April Williams. Welcome, April. Hi. Thank you. From, from Barry Nation. And so that's really exciting. And also, this is my first podcast that I've actually recorded visually. I'm usually hair sticking up, chatting in my tracksuit. You guys call us sweats, but like chatting to myself or speaking to guests. And all my guests don't really care how I look. So this is a yeah, very exciting podcast. We've got lots to talk about. Before we dive into more about April and really getting to know April really well and more about Barry Nation, I'm going to hand it over to April to introduce herself in a way that she wants to introduce herself and share what she would like to. So you have a little bit of sense about who April is. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jane, for inviting me on. And congratulations on your first video podcast. Yeah. If you are listening to this, I would encourage you go watch it. It's Listen to it first and then go watch the, the video version because I always get so much out of it when I listen to a podcast and then go watch the video because you really get a sense of who the person is just by watching. So congrats on your, your very first video podcast. Like Jean said, my name is April Williams and I am one of the founders of Berry Nation. Berry Nation is a patient-founded bariatric educational organization. And our mission is to connect patients with the tools and the resources that they need to find personal wellness really before and after bariatric surgery. We started Berry Nation three years ago, and it just started off as a podcast between a friend and I. I had VSG in July of 2019. I weighed 326 pounds, and I had been obese for really my entire adult life. And when I finally found the courage to have surgery, I quickly realized that I needed more than what was provided in kind of my bariatric binder and with my surgical center. So I started just following people on Instagram and my professional background is actually in public education. So I have a master's degree in education. And for the last decade, I've worked specifically in online public education. And when the COVID-19 pandemic really kind of shut the world down, I realized wait a minute, <laughs> I work in Zoom every single day. I understand what this is and how to bring people together in these digital spaces. And I thought I could maybe do the same for the bariatric community. So I started inviting experts that I followed on Instagram to join me in Zoom meetings. And I called them virtual bariatric meetups. And I just posted on Instagram and anybody that was a patient pre or post-op was welcome to join. And they became really popular. People came from really all over the world and we had wonderful conversations. And it was at one of those virtual bariatric meetups that I met my 
co-founder, Jason Smith. And together we just really hit it off. He lived in Florida. I still live in Washington state. And even though we were, you know, as far apart as we could really kind of get here in the continental United States, our stories and our struggles and kind of our celebrations were similar. And at the time, there were no patient-voiced podcasts or none really that, that we could find, none that were current. And again, the patient voice was missing from kind of that space and from that experience. So we decided that we wanted to try our hand at podcasting. Our very first episode, I forgot to hit record and it was fabulous. <laughs> and we we never actually ended up recording our very first episode, but we record again. And yeah, it just turned into an amazing experience that we were not expecting because it led us to understand just how important the patient voice is. It really helped us embrace this concept that we believe and that that is as patients, we're the expert in our patient experience. And we have to be able to, to kind of put on that, that expert hat, if you will, because oh. if we don't, we're just not going to see ourselves in our own life and in our own role as an obesity patient. And, and we needed to embrace that if we really wanted to make a change in, in our own life and in our own experience. So that was how we, we ended up starting East to West. And that was where Berry Nation was really born. As patients, we realized we needed something that didn't exist. We needed a safe place to connect with other patients. We needed a safe place to connect with experts that really understand the bariatric experience or the experience of obese people. And we needed to be surrounded by people who got it. So that was what we did. Wonderful. And I can imagine doing that during your own journey would have been a great support as we're kind of doing something to connect with other people, but mm -hmm. also connecting with people with yourself. So mm -hmm. I can imagine that would have been wonderful. And that's wonderful that you've brought your expertise into your journey. COVID, there's not many good sides to COVID. Not many positives came out of COVID, but people being comfortable online has increased. Yep, mm -hmm. Zoom has increased. And that means people are more comfortable connecting with other people. And I love when you said right at the beginning, all around the world, and that's the lovely thing about social media is that people don't need to be as isolated anymore. So that is fantastic. Now, I'd love you to share a little bit about you personally. Do you have children? What does your life look like now? And how are you going in your journey? My life looks exactly like I thought it would. And at the same time, nothing like what I thought it would. <laughs> From a very young age, I just knew that I was different from other people and from other kids. One of my earliest memories is actually being at my grandparents' house and having dinner with my wonderful family and going back for seconds and either having an adult, either my mom or my grandma, just kind of look at me and go, oh, you're still hungry? It's like, yeah, I'm starving. I, I just remember being starving when I was a very little kid. I also was not into the traditional girl things. I didn't like dolls. I did not like playing house. When I did play house, I wanted to play that kind of male figure. I wanted to be the person in charge. I watched He-Man and the A-Team. My pajamas were boy Superman pajamas with the cape on it. I slept with a Skeletor and a He-Man action figure. And I always had like athletic bands on. I was just very much into different things. And I had a very loving family that really didn't care what I was into. They just wanted me to, to be happy. But a common theme really growing up is just, huh, 
Well, that's different. And I think I I carried that with me into friendships and into how I interacted with people socially. I never felt like I fit in. I didn't, I guess, blossom into kind of like what people would consider your womanhood until later on in life. I always tended to just kind of march to the beat of a different drum. I've always been, I think, gifted or, or talented in certain areas, but I'm very much risk averse. So as soon as I figure out that I'm not going to be good at something. I just stop doing it or I'll lose interest in it. And I will pour all of my attention and focus into things that I do feel I can be successful at and that I am good at. And it served me well in some areas of life, but it didn't serve me well in others. I was always a larger human in high school. I was, I felt like I was one of the biggest people in in my class or out of my friend group. And when I got to college, I finally felt like I fit in. All of a sudden I was around other really smart people who were funny and knew what they wanted to do. I only remember only wanting to be a teacher. That was the only thing I wanted to do from a very young age. I wanted to be a teacher, wanted to be a teacher. And when I got to university, uh, to Central Washington University, I met friends and I felt like I belonged. And I really felt like for the first time I had a peer group that kind of understood me. And my focus turned away from academics and it turned to the social aspects of life and my grades suffered. Well, when I went to apply to the College of Education, I was denied because my grades were so horrible. And that was the first big failure in my life. That was the first big like, oh, you have really screwed up here. You have miscalculated. You have taken a misstep. And and I couldn't get in. And I thought, oh my God, my, my life is over. And I was so devastated by that perceived failure that I did everything I could do to kind of salvage my time there at Central. And if I wanted to remain enrolled and keep my scholarship, I needed to, to pick a major. Well, the only classes that were available at the time were geography and geology. And I was like, oh my God, okay, whatever. Like, I guess I'll take these classes. I've grown up in the Pacific Northwest my entire life. I've lived between some of the world's most picturesque mountain ranges for for my entire life, lived on the water. So it seemed like it would be fine and natural fit. I ended up absolutely falling in love with it and met the most amazing academics, the most amazing people. So my first degree is in geography and environmental resource studies and, and management. And I thought my life was going to pivot and I was going to be working in GIS and mapping and, mm-hmm. and those types of things. But after I earned my degree and I walked across the stage, I just didn't feel settled. And I knew that I wasn't going to feel settled until I really pursued my calling, which was education. So I went back to Central for two years and I earned my secondary social studies science certificate. Um, And it really worked out quite well here in the state of Washington. You're compensated uh, in the educational world based on how many college credits you have. And I happened to have enough college credits because I'd been (laughs) in school for so long that they had to pay me at this very, very high level. But yeah, I I earned my teaching degree and my very first job was again at a school I never thought I would be at. It was at our alternative high school, alternative brick and mortar. And in my first month of education, I had a desk and a chair chucked at me. I had uh, a student overdose in the bathroom on heroin. I had a student almost die. It was a very traumatic experience. But in that first month or two, I really had to question why I had so deeply wanted to be an educator. And the answers came pretty quickly. I do feel I'm a very skilled educator. I can connect with kids, older adults 
in a way that I think is difficult for some people. If you put me in, in a fourth grade classroom, I'd absolutely shrivel up and die, but put me in front of like the most hardcore 17, 18 year olds. And I, I thrive and I absolutely love my time there. I was there for 10 years and uh, had a really traumatic experience at work with kids and families. And I realized that I was pouring my entire life force into that environment. And if I continued to do so, it, it would kill me. So in between the time that I graduated from college till my 10th year of teaching, I gained about 120 pounds and I needed a change. And I was offered a position at a 100% online and remote public school that was K-12 and absolutely thrived, absolutely loved it. I was there for almost another decade. I served as, as an educator, as one of our dean of students. I was very involved with that. But my weight continued to, to suffer, my health continued to suffer, and my disease really continued to progress. So I was 35 or 36 years old at the time, awful chronic sleep apnea, type 2, almost like borderline type 2 diabetic, lots of other health issues, and several miscarriages. And after my loving husband for 10 years had been encouraging me to look into bariatric surgery... I had a girlfriend that started looking very different on Instagram and I reached out to her and I said, girl, what are you doing? Cause you look good. And I, I would like to look the same. And she said, oh, I had bariatric surgery. Uh, and I just thought, I'm sorry, what? That is not for people our size. I thought it was only for people who were featured on like my 600 pound life. I never connected the dots that I was actually the perfect candidate for surgery. So after a very open and honest conversation and shout out to Veronica for being my Barry angel, she was the one that, that really opened my eyes to the power of bariatric surgery. I scheduled a pain with her surgeon and, and I, I had surgery like eight or nine months later. And I thought after surgery, life would be better. We would be able to have a family and we would conceive and all of these wonderful things would happen. That has not been the case. I've, I've had more miscarriages after surgery than, than before. Um, fertility continues to be a struggle in my husband and I's life, but it's okay. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with him. Some people just can't, can't have children together. And that's just a place that we've landed. I think it's been much more difficult on my husband than it is for me, but the gifts that bariatric surgery have given me truly are gifts, even though they weren't the ones that I thought were under the tree, so to speak. Mm -hmm. The gifts have been very different. And part of my journey, part of my bariatric journey has been coming to really recognize the gifts as gifts as what they are and letting go of those expectations that I had going into surgery. Yep. Thank you so much for sharing. What a wonderful kind of timeline and to really get to know you a lot better and your past work experience. I talk to people and when I'm working with people, getting them ready for surgery and talking to them, people are a bit like and for the people listening that have had children you're going into having a baby and you think this is what it's going to be like and it's nothing mm -hmm. like that this is going to be a challenge and, and I talked to people about this with a barrier she said you're thinking you, I say to them take let's take one step at a time because you're going to you think you're going to have struggle with x but something else will come up that will be more challenging but you don't even know or looking at losing weight for x y and z but there are going to be so many other wonderful things that happen and so mm -hmm. it's, it's a leap of faith to have bariatric surgery, really a massive leap of faith. And I reacted a little, not reacted, but I was like, when you said eight, nine, your introduction as a really clear concept to have bariatric surgery, to having your surgery was around eight months. 
it? Yeah, it might have even been nine or 10 months. So, yeah. yeah, my insurance required a lot of hoops to to be jumped through. And one side of that coin is I was very annoyed at it. And especially looking back on, I didn't learn anything new in the yeah. sessions I had with my dietitian or in the, the medical tests that were done. It just seemed like a barrier to care. The flip side to that is though my surgeon and my medical team was very well prepared for a very major and invasive surgery. They knew every inch of my insides. They had a very clear game plan, right? So I, I understand the frustration from the patient side and, and that kind of like almost denial of care. And then I yeah. also understand from the medical side, like, though know, they really do need to be prepared because you're changing your anatomy or you're losing parts of your stomach. It, it is a major, major surgery. So the two sides of everything. Uh, I don't know that where it comes from, but I've heard it talked about a couple of times, this figure of people often do spend two years contemplating the idea even of therapy. So, but some people don't. And also mm -hmm. we will say to people listening, because people listen to my podcast, obviously all over the world, you're in America and you have a different health system to other parts of the world. In yeah. Australia, we don't have those insurance barriers. And different mm. parts of the world are all going to be very different. But I know in, in America, they ask you, or you, you need to do quite a few more steps than say here in Australia. Yeah, that would have been wonderful. I very much, I think, would have appreciated that. It took me 10 solid years to get to the point where I decided surgery was going to be kind of my last option. I yeah. truly had tried everything under the sun from doctors, supervised, medically overseeing nutritional programs from every diet craze, every shot, every pill, every yeah. cleanse, every anything. Yeah. I did it with fidelity. What I did not have at the time was a true understanding of obesity and the disease model. I was fighting fire with flowers. I mean, I absolutely was throwing the wrong tool at this disease Surgery is the most effective treatment that currently exists for, for people suffering from the disease of obesity. And what frustrates me now as a patient and just having the privilege to talk with so many professionals is no other disease in the world is treated with such like oh, almost shame and judgment. Like here in the United States, if, if I went to the hospital tonight and I was having a heart attack because I had heart disease, instant treatment. Mm -hmm. If I went to my doctor and emphysema, I had from lung disease, instant treatment, diabetes, instant treatment, hypertension, instant treatment, obesity. Yeah. Mm, I'm going to need you to go through a year worth of prep. And I need you to try to yeah. treat your disease without any actual treatment because I still think this is a you problem. Like you have to be doing all these things to contribute yeah. to it. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely asinine to require patients who are battling a, a disease delay the treatment of something that will kill them or mm. that something caused by the disease will kill them. Mm. So it's frustrating. And, and especially now that I have that knowledge, it really lights a fire in me to work hard to change that or just to bring that knowledge to people and to let them know if you're listening to this and, and you're in, in the United States or anywhere in the world, and you feel like you're having to jump through a lot of hoops to get the treatment that you need, you are, you are jumping through a lot of hoops. Mm. Just know that it's one of the only diseases that they are going to require you to work so hard to get the treatment that you so desperately need. It's not a you problem. It, it is a system problem. And yeah. your only recourse is to like fight the machine. You just have to keep fighting to get the treatment that you need. 
I totally agree. I've even had a patient that's gone back into hospital like a month after surgery, they needed to have some fluid or something. And the nurse looking after them has given them some comments and, and not and been not supportive. And I just, it really blows my mind. Times are changing, but it's slow. We will get there. And I know Barry Nation, you are out there, you're communicating, you're promoting, now going to a bit more about Barry Nation. But it is wonderful. I think there's getting more voices out there. There are more voices in podcasts and more people talking and more patient stories, more people having the experience. The bariatric surgery, it's a medical intervention, but it happens mm-hmm. on one day. Then mm-hmm. where is all the rest of the journey? And there's all of that where people need and can now start talking more about it and sharing their journey. And it's mm-hmm. becoming more acceptable. And we're looking in Australia, we look to the US because you guys are really leading the way. We obviously have our own system in Australia, but we look to the we're watching online and watching what you guys are doing because it's, and I think when we first spoke, you kind of said, are things different? And I was like, no, things aren't different. And I work with people all over the world. Surgeries are basically the same. Care is slightly, you know, different. What people go through is the same. The struggles are the same. Feeling isolated, feeling not empowered. And I want to talk about that because we've talked about a bit about Barry Nation, but I want to go into that. But when I re-looked at your website, there were three words at the top. And the first word is empowerment. Mm-hmm. Then it's community and then it's guidance. Mm-hmm. And I suspect empowerment was put first for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was that's a really lovely word to be and focused to be working towards with your community because if it's a community that can feel they've been going to doctors for years, told eat less, move more, it's your fault, you're lazy, or whatever the messages they've been given from society, from doctors, from everyone. And how low can people feel and stuck and powerless and unempowered? So I wanted to bring those three words up first because I thought they were really, obviously they've been chosen for a reason, but I loved the word empowerment. Now tell me, is this you? You have had your bariatric surgery and you're feeling lost. You're lacking support and you don't know what to eat and when. Or you may have noticed after your surgery, your hunger and cravings have started to return and you are scared you won't reach your goals. You may have had some weight regain and you want to stop the weight regain and lose some more weight. You may be pre-surgery and you want support to be fully prepared for your weight loss surgery journey. If any of these sound like you, then listen up. I have developed my bariatric nutrition bootcamp just for you. My coaching program provides education, coaching and community for people getting ready for their weight loss surgery and at every stage after their surgery. There are four key areas that I focus on with my clients in my bariatric nutrition bootcamp. One is the bariatric nutrition basics. You will learn what and how to eat so you feel satisfied, reach your protein and fluid goals and have less cravings and know how to manage your hunger in the future. Meal ideas and meal planning. You'll learn to plan meals and snacks that you like so you have great options on hand when it comes time to eat. Also, we focus on mastering weight 
regain habits, identifying any habits that are stopping you from reaching your goals and create manageable strategies to get back on the straight and narrow so you can manage your weight for the rest of your life. And also I focus with my clients in my bariatric nutrition bootcamp on learning to trust your body and food. Start to enjoy your food again by relearning to listen to your body cues so you have less guilt and improve your relationship with food and your body. If you are ready to maximize your weight loss surgery results, feel confident in your journey and be led with support and expert guidance, then the Bariatric Nutrition Bootcamp is for you. If you would like to know more about my coaching program, check out the link in the show notes. Yeah, our official mission statement is that our entire purpose is to empower people to access the tools, the resource, the community that we all need to find personal wellness. So, right, my definition of personal wellness is different from everybody else's, just like everybody is battling the common disease of obesity, but it's going to present differently in all of our lives. And what we've really come to understand, at least I have, is I wasn't able to make the commitment to treat my disease without the empowerment, without that power of the decision coming from within me. It always starts with us. Even though we are a community together, this is my journey and my journey alone. I am the only one that can make the the daily decisions, that can make the 8,000 momentary decisions to to do these things. It all starts with us as the individual. And when we bring our individuality and when we bring our own empowerment into a community environment, you're powering the whole community, not just yourself. So it does have to start with us. If we don't feel empowered to take control of our own health, of our own destiny, of our own future, of our own actions, of our own decisions, of our own thoughts, then none of the rest of that matters. It really has to start with, with us. So our mission is to help people find that empowerment for themselves. Because the the other piece that we think really allows Berry Nation to stand out is, again, right, everybody's fighting the disease of obesity. And the final destination, if you will, is the treatment of that disease, right? We don't yet have a cure, so we have to continue to work hard to treat our disease every single day. So treatment is kind of the end destination that we're all going to, but my pathway of getting there is going to be different from everybody else's. So we want to provide people with the tools and the education and the resources and the community as a menu in which we can all choose from, because what I'm struggling with today is not going to be what you're struggling with today. It's probably going to be something different. But I need you to go into this safe place that is Berry Nation, and I need you to be empowered to say, you know what, today I'm really struggling with emotional eating, or today I'm really struggling with the imposter syndrome. I'm feeling like I'm a failure. I'm really questioning my decision. I'm experiencing a lot of guilt or shame or grief. You need as a patient to be able to go to a place and go, this is what I need help with there. That's where I'm going to go. I don't want to tell you what you need. I can help you discover what maybe you are struggling with because part of my journey as a patient is I didn't even know how to name my feelings. I didn't even know what I was feeling and what it was called. So I needed that safe community to really help me tease out and be confident in my own emotions. But once I can name what I'm struggling with, oh, it's emotional eating or, oh, it's grief. 
Oh, there's resources for that. Oh, there's a support group. Oh, there's a class. Oh, okay. Right. It just helps you lower the temperature as a patient, because if we're always functioning at this boiling temperature, everything is boiling over. We have no capacity to actually do the work of weight loss surgery. Right. So Barry Nation serves as this menu of support mm-hmm. that because you're the expert in your patient experience, you get to choose from. And mm-hmm. the whole goal is we just help you turn that temperature down so that you yourself can operate on a more even keel so that you can find your own bariatric baseline and really conduct your life from that stable position. And the community is there to support you every step of the way. Beautiful. And you said two things have come to mind. When you said community, you said safe community. And I loved that because to have a safe community, you need to have a community that's well supervised, Mm -hmm. supportive and and, and fostered. It's not there. There's, I also have a Facebook community, but when there's some maybe communities that are just left to do what they do, then Mm -hmm. they can not always be safe and words can be very powerful to people. But Mm -hmm. when you're talking about bringing down people's emotions, because that's when you think clearly, that's when Mm -hmm. you get more clarity. But also what came up for me was for people to be able to advocate for themselves, advocate Mm -hmm. for their care and advocate for their, and find the solutions that they need. Because Mm -hmm. when you don't feel empowered, you go to a doctor or you go somewhere and you don't have that confidence to say, actually, I think there might be some other answers. I don't have to put up what I'm going through. There might be something else I can do. And I think yeah. that that's a key thing is people advocating for themselves and not feeling that they just have to struggle, be on the struggle bus forever, that they have to live there. So lovely. Yes. Yeah. So can you share a little bit around Barry Nation? What does it look like? More about paint a picture of what uh, Barry Nation looks like for people. Thank you for asking that question. I'm so bad at this and I don't know why it's so hard to describe, but Barry Nation is a lot of different things. It's a podcast. It's a social media presence, right? It's a blog. It's it's connections with experts, but the meat of our organization is our membership community. It is an online digital platform that is safe and secure. So what that means is that you have to opt in to Berry Nation. It's a paid service. It's a paid opportunity. It's a paid community. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we charge a membership fee is, well, there's, there's several reasons. Trolls and people who think obesity is not a disease, they're not going to pay money to be a part of this place to go make fun of people. So it keeps bad actors out. It also allows us to compensate all of the experts that we work with to deliver the support that you can find in the Barry Nation support community. So our bariatric therapists, our registered dietitians, our certified personal trainers, right? All of these credential experts are paid for their time and expertise in our community. So that's why it's set up the way that it is. So once you become a member, you enter into our digital space. And it looks somewhat familiar to other online digital spaces, but it's organized in in a way that hopefully is warm, welcoming, and inviting. 
So we have a giant community calendar that has over 80 live virtual support events that you can attend every single month. And they're done on Zoom. So when you log in, you can look at this big, huge list of all of these support opportunities. You can see a big, huge calendar view. And that really is the heart and soul of our community. Because when you connect in real time with experts and other patients, that's where these aha moments happen. That's where you get to practice advocating for yourself. It's where you get to ask your questions questions and be surrounded by just love and and hope and and suggestions and tips and tricks. None of what happens in Berry Nation we share with the outside world because we need this to remain a safe place. And I think one of the reasons that it really has become this very tight-knit community is because once you're in, you don't want to leave and you want to play by the rules because you don't want to get kicked out. This becomes your home and every member works very hard at maintaining that home, right? At, at tending the garden and making sure that everybody is following the community guidelines and the community rules. And if somebody steps outside of those rules or guidelines, right, they're directed back in a kind way or they're removed and they're not allowed to remain a member. We really need to protect the, the integrity of our community. And I'm not saying we're perfect at it. I'm not saying that we won't have those moments where people step out of those guidelines, but it's our job as a community and as a nation to work really hard to make sure that we are fostering and living those community values. So it's an online digital platform where you can attend classes, you can chat with other patients who are in the exact same stage as you or are struggling with the same thing that you are. You can talk just like this on Zoom with experts in the field or with other patients. We have an on-demand video library that has thousands of hours of content that is organized in our three pillars of bariatric success. And those are movement, mindset, and metabolic wellness. So again, if I guess if you imagine Berry Nation, it'd be like opening up a menu at your favorite restaurant and seeing all of these different things that, that you can choose from. And based on what you are hungry for that day, based on what you need that day, you get to pick and self-select the support that you need. Maybe you just want to peruse the feed and see what people are, are celebrating or struggling with. Maybe you do want to attend a live event, or maybe you just want to go through the library and get the very specific support that you need on your own time. So it's a lot, but yeah, we, we built that way on purpose. Well, I explain kind of something similar in my program. I say it's like a buffet and you get mm -hmm. to choose what you get. So we've all got the kind of food analogies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have it. But it is. It's, and that's wonderful because when people get that concept and go in, it meets so many different people's needs. Also, people will have different needs at different stages of their journey. When we had this idea of supporting patients in this way, we kept saying like, oh man, but oh, but what about that? Oh man, but what about that? Right? Because not only are as patients, are we experiencing different things at different stages of our journey, but we yeah. are experiencing them at different times of the journey as well. So you might be six months post-op and struggling with grief. Whereas I was one week post-op struggling with grief. I experienced hair loss at month three. Some people experience it at month 12. I, my honeymoon ended at like month nine. Some people's honeymoon ends at month 24. So it is a real challenge to deliver targeted support to people when and where they need it. And by mm. no means have we mastered it and we are not perfect. But the joy of Berry Nation is that we are a thriving, growing community. We're an ecosystem. And as more members join us, as we gain more insights, the community is built to flex 
to meet the needs of those who are in it. So we will get there, right? I, I just keep going back to this concept of a university almost, right? In my head, we're building a university. We're building a school, uh, mm -hmm. a warm, welcoming public space, right? That, that patients can come to really learn how to be a bariatric patient, learn how to live our pillows, learn how to advocate, learn how to live the rest of your life with this disease in a place that really sees you for you. And welcomes you because of what you're going through, not in spite of, of what you're going through. Mm. Yep. No matter your age, no matter your stage, we say you belong in Barry Nation. And, and we mean that. We try to offer support groups. We have a meetup for our members that are 50 years old and beyond because they're in a stage of life. We have a meetup for LGBTQIA plus members, right? Because they need a safe place. And like I said, as our membership grows, so will the types of, of support. And it's exciting to be able to kind of create it as you go, as, as the need becomes known. And it really does need to be created as you go because you can never predict what your needs and, and things will change. Yeah. Um, but I like the, the university analogy. When I was thinking like you might jump from one grade to another and you might think, oh, I need to go back to that grade. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to stay there for a little bit. And you'll meet up for lunch and you get yeah. friends. And yes. you know, yeah, so there's the learning and then there's the friendships and or connecting yeah. and, and it's lovely. And look, yeah. online platforms now, that's so user-friendly and flexible yeah. and it really is a lovely place to be. So mm. many people for so many years, so isolated, even if you're in a city or if you live out of a city. So it is a really wonderful. So thank you so much for your time. You explained that very well. The goal of this podcast was to introduce you to my listeners and Barry Nation and so they get a great understanding of of Barry Nation so thank you so much April for your time well thank you for having me I've enjoyed connecting with you and it is our mission to support patients everywhere so we have several members that live in Australia and New Zealand so just know just because we're thousands of miles apart doesn't mean that we're struggling with anything different so if you are needing a little extra layer of support, we invite you to connect with us in and outside of Barry Nation. Beautiful. And I'll put the website link in my show notes. Is that good? Wonderful. Thank you. So thank you so much. And this podcast is going to be released um, mid-December and it's the last podcast, everyone, my podcast of the year. I'm going to have a break over Christmas, but I'll be back next year so thank you so much everyone for listening and thank you so much April for your time once again thank you bye